Hello, everyone. So today we got a pretty special show. I have Rachel Knowns from the Hockey Writers, one of my, um, also one of my very dear friends who covers the New York Rangers, coming on to preview this massive game on Friday at Madison Square Garden, where the stakes are pretty high. You know, I know there's only five weeks left, basically, in the initial regular season, but um, with how these two teams are humming right now, it's very likely that you know these two teams are going to play in the first round. It's just all about who is going to get home ice. I think at this point, so. Look for that coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. All right. So joining me now is uh, one of my very dear friends, but also Rachel Knowns, who covers the New York Rangers for the Hockey Writers. And we are going to preview this massive game on Friday night at Madison Square Garden where the New York Rangers are only three points back of Pittsburgh right now. But, you know, the Penguins also have, well, the Rangers, I should say, have a game in hand. Um, but first, Rachel, uh, how are we doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm glad you were able to finally come on the show. I think it's a long time coming. Um, you know, I'm very excited, I think, for this game. Obviously, you know, we'll just get right into it. Um, I'm sure Igor Shosturkin is going to start this one. He started the last game um, in Pittsburgh where the Penguins won one nothing. That was just a flat-out goalie duel between two of the five best goaltenders in hockey this year. Um, I wanted to get your perspective on it. You know, when – you know, I've watched him at times when they're not playing the Penguins and um, he just seems to be d- doing his thing, I guess. You know, what's the, what, do you, what do you think is the biggest difference for him between last year compared to this year? I think in previous years, it was just he wasn't getting in the right rhythm or when it seemed that he was getting used to the starts and things like that, he would be shuffled out for a different goaltender. And I think now he's just, he's in his third season, so he's a lot more used to everything and just kind of the workload of really being the starting goaltender. And I think that he's been waiting for that for a while so it's finally an opportunity for him to do that so I think he's just really getting used to it Uh, I think a lot of people knew that this is his potential and you know he's just fitting in well with the expectations that we have for him yeah and you know I've been joking about this on my social media but it's also serious at the same time because you go from Henrik Lundqvist who's probably the best goaltender of this generation probably a top five goalie of all time to now Igor Shosturkin, who it's almost kind of like a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers kind of thing in football where you have another guy just waiting to come in and be that franchise goalie. Um, and he has been um, that this year and then some for the Rangers. Um, he saved 30 goals above expected this year, has a 936 save percentage, 2.14 goals against average. Um, in my opinion, he's the uh, clear-cut Desmond Trophy winner. And honestly, he makes a case to win the heart um, this year. Has it really just been him? on a nightly basis carrying the Rangers? Or do you think it's been, you know, the power play, Adam Fox, you know, Panarin, obviously, you know, is, is he the biggest reason why they're in this position right now this year compared to last year? Or do you think it's like a multitude of factors? 
There's definitely a couple of things that go into it. It's definitely Igor, but I would argue that Chris Kreider is another reason. Definitely yeah. power play. Um, even Mika Zibanejad, he's not quite at the pace that he was a couple seasons ago, but you can tell that he's doing a lot better compared to last year. So I think it's just a lot of things that are working well. Obviously, having Adam Fox helps a lot. But I think that you have to give a lot of credit to the defense as well. I think Keandre Miller is playing a lot better than he has. Um, I think that that pairing with Jacob Truba is really beneficial for both of them, actually. And the fact that Truba doesn't have to stay tethered to Keandre Miller helps Truba, too. So we've actually seen him be a lot more physical this year. So I think it's just a lot of things. Um, I think the defense really gelled quickly. Obviously, you have the Ryan Linger and Adam Fox pairing, which that set that didn't really need to be figured out. But you do have flexibility with the other two pairs. And obviously, they've switched that up since um, the trade deadline acquisitions. But I think it's a lot of things. I don't think anybody expected this kind of season from Chris Kreider. And I think even Igor, um, you know, I, I still think that he can Yeah, and you know, in, in your answer there, you mentioned definitely Chris Kreider. Um, I definitely did not see him scoring over 40 this year. I don't think really anyone did where he's pushing for the Rocket Richard race this late in his career. Um, obviously signed that massive contract extension about a couple of years ago. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, we were when the Rangers were not that um, good at the time. Uh, a lot of people on Penguin social media were, you know, thinking about. Um, the Penguins trading for him just because it would be hilarious, but obviously he's ended up signing that extension, had a lot of trade interest in him. But um, what a what a difference a year makes. Last year played well, but, you know, it wasn't 42 goal, almost 60 point um, season well. Um, you know, what has really gotten into him this year that, you know, he's obviously been a good goal scorer throughout his career, but I don't think anyone has ever looked at him like, wow, you know, this guy has top five goal scorer potential. Just what has gone into that um, this year? So I think in the off season, he worked a lot and just kind of figured out the role that he wanted to play, especially mm -hmm. after he did sign that extension. I think he kind of wanted to see himself seven years down the road. So I think he kind of just decided, you know, I want to be that net front guy. They really haven't had someone like that. He totally fits the bill for the type of person that, should be standing in front of the net. He has really great vision. He has a lot of good chemistry with his line mates, so he's able to find them. And, of course, he's a big dude, so he's not going to be moved out of the way easily. So I just think that he's been working on this for a while, and it's just a skill that finally was fine-tuned, and he's just really been able to um, get consistency with that. Yeah, and obviously he's been a fixture on the top six. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere off there but you know it's just it, it's crazy to see that you know i don't think anyone saw this coming especially with that massive contract and the aging curves and all that this is usually when players start to you know at his age you just you know it's it's a slippery a slippery slope as i like to call it um you know you also mentioned the trade deadline acquisitions and you know i definitely think the rangers they needed to address um their forward depth you know i remember when they played the penguins about a month and a half ago, it kind of felt like they had one good line, obviously, with Panarin. I think the Zvenija was on that line. But then they had a second line that was, okay, you know, not bad. But then their bottom six, um, it just it couldn't compete with the Penguins. I don't think Carolina either. But, you know, they go out, they get Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, who's had a good year. Tyler Mott from Vancouver. Justin Braun from Philadelphia. You never really see um, those two teams hook up for a trade. Um, it's almost as rare as the Penguins and Flyers making a trade, I think, at this point. Um, but... 
what were your thoughts on getting the two forwards first? Because I have to think that, you know, the forward depth is much better now, right? Right. So it, again, like you mentioned, it wasn't really the top two lines. It was more so the bottom six that was having issues. I mean, um, Philip Heedle last year, he was really starting to hit his stride, but then he had that injury, which kind of messed up, you know, the projecting trajectory that he was going. So they needed really some kind of spark. Um, Barkley Goodrow has been really good on the bottom six, but he plays a different kind of role. Um, same with same thing with Ryan Reeves. So they kind of just were looking for more scoring um, since they kind of had the other skill sets addressed already. So they definitely needed something. I mean, Julian Gauthier's not really done what we thought he could do, um, even still with the time that he's been given. So they definitely just needed a change. Um, we know Gallant likes to have options too, and he likes to shuffle. So um, I think also when you have a lot of depth like that, um, like Gallant mentioned too, you have a lot of healthy competition and sometimes that does motivate the guys and, you know, if it wasn't like the time that they were given where they could improve, maybe it's the competition that's going to get something going. But even still, they're going to have a lot of options to rotate through. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, I even saw on the line today, I think Ryan Reeves and a couple other regulars that were in that lineup um, about five weeks ago. Um, it looks like they're probably not going to be in the lineup um, tomorrow. Finally, Rachel, before we get to our uh, commercial break, um, do you agree with uh, Gallant putting Braun in over one of the young defenseman i think it's schneider or do you think that's just you know playing a veteran for the sake of playing a veteran at this point yeah i definitely think it's playing a veteran and it kind of stinks that schneider was the odd man out because i i've been so impressed with him this season and you think about it it's been a while since the rangers had a veteran and veteran d pairing so um, I don't think Braden Schneider did anything wrong. Um, he obviously had a pretty tough game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but in my opinion, whatever tough lessons he learned that game, I think he applied some of them to the next game against Carolina. And obviously they recorded a shutout. So, you know, the defense was working somehow. Um, but again, it kind of reminds me of the Jack Johnson acquisition. I understand it's a fairly low risk move, um, but you kind of just wonder why they're doing that. Um, the only thing I can think of is obviously at 35 years of age, and I think he was a veteran of maybe a hundred playoff teams or something like that. You know, obviously they want him for his experience, but I don't know why you're using him now. Um, if he was the top on the top pairing for the Flyers, obviously they're having a bit of a rough season. So I don't know why now is the best time to use Braun, especially when the points are becoming more important. Um, obviously I don't want to panic because it's only been one game, but it does look like he's going to be again. So, um, it's an interesting move for sure. Again, um, you know, Schneider's not going to learn anything by sitting on the bench and it's not like he can go down to a top play. So, um, just an interesting, interesting move. That's the nice way. I think that Rachel just said it guys, uh, just, just so everyone knows. Um, she's not a fan of Justin Braun. And honestly, you know, back in, you know, Philadelphia, they're, they're a mess this year. I think that's one way to say it. Uh, I, I'm just going to – I'll always laugh about that until the yeah. end of time, to say the least. Uh, but still a lot more to get to. Um, for this episode, we're going to get into some keys for this matchup. You know, touch on this is probably a playoff preview um, and a whole lot more. But before we get to that, um, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. 
from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at L-O underscore Penguins. <clears throat> so, Rachel, I, I did see, you know, I was scrolling Twitter a little bit this morning. Um, it looked like, you know, Gerard Gallant changed up the lines a little bit based off, I guess, the blowout loss to the New Jersey Devils a couple nights ago where the Rangers um, definitely looked like they didn't have it um, that night, just how the Penguins didn't have it on Wednesday um, against Buffalo. But, um, you know, putting Artemi Panarin down in the second line with Ryan Strom, um, Frank Vitrano on the top line with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, um, topper overall pick, Lef, uh, like say Lafreniere with uh, Barkley Goudreau in the third line, then Tyler Mott on the fourth line. Um, what do you make of those lines? Do you think just Gallant is, you know, putting stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks, or do you see something here with some of these lines that I think are probably going to, you know, we'll see those tomorrow? So not only the Lafreniere jump from the first to the third line, but you can also see that um, there was a change with Gauthier back in the lineup. So that's just a difference between one game. So you can obviously tell that he's just kind of switching things around, which we know that he likes to do even during a game. So um, I think they had mentioned as well that Lafreniere is a lot more comfortable in the left wing. So he was just kind of giving him the option, um, you know, to go back to the left wing. I think, however, he's on a point streak. So obviously he's not in total discomfort playing on the opposite wing, but I do understand why he kind of wants to switch things up. In a way, it's a good time to experiment, but also not really. Obviously you have all these guys that just came on. So, um, you know, I think we know at this point what he's capable of. He could have easily taken what he learned from his time on the top line and, and see if he can spark something like that for the third line. I'm assuming that's what Glenn's thinking, but um, yeah, I thought it was definitely a statement move because um, obviously he took Lafreniere off the top line later in the game um, on the loss to the Devils too. So I think we kind of saw it coming, um, but there's still a lot of questions about it. Yeah, it's interesting because I read that, you know, I think he had a four game point streak going into that game. I think it continued. And then I think Gallant was just like, all right, I'm going to take you off and I'll promote someone else. <clears throat> to that top line, a player that, you know, has only really been there for, I think, a week now. Um, at this point in Frank Petrano, a noted Penguins killer, Frank Petrano, um, as well, I'm pretty sure in like 10 or 12 games, he has like five or six goals um, against him. Definitely one of the players that you don't really expect to be a Penguin killer, but, you know, there's also Tage Thompson now and Jordan Everly because they, they I mean, especially Thompson, he scored two more goals on Wednesday than Jordan Everly scores all these playoff goals um, against the Penguins. Now, in terms of, you know, Gallant, obviously, you know, he has the team on a much better you know, track for success this year, um, though um, I definitely think, you know, I think he's a good coach, but I keep seeing a lot of love for him, for the Jack Adams. I'm like, you know, as the saying goes, I've read this a lot, a lot of places, you know, show me a good um, head coach and I'll show you a good goalie or, you know, it's one of, one of the ways. Um, and, I mean, Shosturkin has been flirting with 940 
all year. And, you know, I think Daryl Sutter, Mike Sullivan, and a couple of Rob Brindamore have also done great jobs with their teams. Um, where do you stand on, you know, Gallant as a coach right now as we're almost through his first full season? Because I have seen um, some Rangers fans on, you know, social media. You know, I, I bring Nick Zraris on of the Gotham Sports Network and the Upper WGM podcast, and he's not really his biggest fan per se. So I wanted to get your perspective on um, how you think he's done this year, getting the team to be in the position that they are right now. So I think you have to start by looking at the previous coach, David Quinn, and how he managed the team or mismanaged the team and compare it to Glant. But for me, it's tough too, because you, I can't help but compare it to what he did his first season with Vegas. Obviously he took them all the way to the Stanley cup. So um, for me, it's kind of hard to say that he deserves the Jack Adams off the bat, just because I think about what he did with Vegas. Obviously it's a much different team. Um, and he has to be forced into kind of this developmental role here in New York, whereas that wasn't the case in Vegas. So it's kind of hard for me to compare. I like a majority of the things that he does, I will say. Um, I'm not so much a fan of the line shuffling mid-game. And I, with this Lafreniere thing, I've been pretty on board with most of his moves until this because I, I you just can't help but feel bad for him because he's getting so much um you know negative feedback on his game and it's like he's he's finally starting to figure things out and then this opportunity is kind of taken away from him obviously we don't know how that's going to go yet because he hasn't really played that full game on the third line again for a bit so um there's a lot that goes into it but it's not my favorite move but i still think that he has a decent chance i don't think it would be out of the question to uh, insert him into the race for the Jack Adams, but I'm not sure that he'd be a front runner. Yeah. And, you know, I always know that the Jack Adams voting is definitely, um, what's the word I think I'm looking for? Um, confusing. Um, I guess Mike Sullivan was really not even a nominee last year when they won the East division and they had the top five most man games lost, but you know, of course, well, with Cindy Crosby and Kenny Malkin come back, his job is so easy, but you know, that's a discussion I think for, um, an another day to say the least. Um, still have a lot more to get to for this episode coming up after this commercial break. We're going to get into um, some keys for the game for both teams. Um, obviously, I'll ask Rachel about um, her three keys. And then, you know, just if this is truly um, a playoff preview, because um, with the standings where they are right now, um, I don't personally see Washington leapfrogging um, either one of these two teams with how they have to run the gauntlet <clears throat> uh, starting next week. So, Look around for that coming up here in this next segment. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. Rachel, I'm sure it's probably going to be a raucous crowd tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Um, this is the Penguins, obviously, their first time being there. And about 10, 11 months, I think, <clears throat> at this point, um, the rivalry is... I think in full swing, you know, these teams haven't played in the playoffs since 2016. That was the year the Penguins finally got revenge on the Rangers for beating them a couple years in a row. Um, you know, when Henrik Lundqvist was just absolutely unreal in those two series. Um, what would be your three big keys um, for the Rangers uh, getting the win this time, you know, compared to what happened last game in February? So obviously, um, I wish they would take less penalties. They weren't too crazy with the first game against the Penguins, but um, I just think that their power plays maybe not, although it's a very good power play, I just don't think that 
it's steady enough to really get one by Jari. Um, I just think that they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. I just, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. I think the special teams are going to have to rely on a lot. Um, definitely penalty kill as well. But yeah, I just, I don't think that they are, we're really taking advantage of the power play. So either just stay out of the box or just, you know, try and do something on the power play this time because they do have a decent one. It was kind of weird to see Kreider not score at all on the chances that they had. Um, So it would just be to rely on one of those. But I just think that since you didn't see the results that you wanted against the Penguins, they're definitely going to have to keep that in mind. But um, I think the physicality was another big thing for them. I think they definitely played a physical game. They played a fast game. Uh, Another thing that went into the loss against Jersey was – I think with the lead that they had, they had a two-goal lead going into the second, and I think they just kind of took the next two periods easily. Um, so that's something that you can't do. You can't, you know, let up at any point during this game, I think. And I think, too, the defense really chipped in last game, and they're going to need a lot of that. And I think it's going to be a big test for Braun to see. I thought Schneider was one of the guys that really stood out against the Pens last time so if he's not going to be in I'm really curious as to how Braun's going to kind of step up I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him I'm just curious but um, they're definitely going to have to help out or if Alexander is in who knows Um, they're just really going to have to help him out so they did a lot of good things last time so there's not much that they're going to have to change but yeah I just I think those are the yeah, and you know, a couple of those last time, you know, it was the Rangers gave the Penguins that late power play in the third. Malkin was able to cash in on the only goal. Um, I thought the Penguins did a very nice job defensively after the first the first period. Um, at least they gave the Rangers way too many chances, chances that uh, you know off the rush that they usually um hit on. You know, I, I know the Rangers are a pretty decent team off the rush, though. I also know that they dumped the puck in. I think more than any other team in the league. I was reading um one of Nick's articles on of the, of the uh, Gotham sports network. And um, I think he um, sourced, I want to say it was um, evolving hockey. I believe that, you know, the like their dumping per 60 rate is um, uh, among the high, the highest of any other team. So if the penguins can um, recover those um, skate out with their zone exits really well. Um, that's, I think going to be a big key. Obviously the penguins PK has been great lately. Um, Teddy Bluger has been a big part of that since his comeback. Um, they've been, definitely been missing Brock back there, I think. But, you know, I, I think Bluger is so important um, to that unit. You know, he's great shorthanded um, th- threat, I think I should say. I'm not going to say he's the best shorthanded threat out there, though. He also has um, a Penguins three-on-five goal that we saw happen last year, which almost never happens in the NHL. Um, the Penguins, they've also been rotating penalty killers. So I'm curious to see what Mike Sullivan deploys for this game against one of the best power plays in the league. And, you know, goaltending, you know, Tristan Jari has to outperform Sestorkin again. Um, and that's, I think, going to have to be a big theme if these two teams meet in the playoffs. And, you know, speaking about Rachel, I think at this point, um, I'm not going to pencil it in uh, just yet. You know, we're still five weeks out, but um, it's looking like, you know, for the first time in six years, we may get a playoff series between these two teams. And, 
Um, you know, these teams are also going to play three times over the next two weeks to really prepare us um, for those. So um, I guess on a scale of one to 10, how excited would you be for a playoff series um, between these uh, two? I'm not going to say 10 because although I would be happy that the Rangers are finally in a postseason conversation again, um, since it's been a bit, uh, I know the Pens are going to be one of the harder teams to play against. Now, I know that they have something to prove too since their last postseason runs haven't gone anywhere near the way that they've wanted to. I think Jory's kind of hard to predict in the postseason. So, you know, they could have that going for them or the fact that the Pens are just really annoyed that they haven't gotten as far as they could. Um, I also know, you know, Madison Square Garden is a hard arena to play in for the away team. So, I think that's going to be something really interesting. Obviously, Ranger fans are going to be very excited to have them in the playoff race again. So I don't think that's going to be easy at all for the Penguins, um, you know, on the road. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting series. I think Carolina Rangers would be another one just because of what happened with the qualifying round two seasons back. But I think this is going to be a really good one, too. It's You have all these star names that are in the Metro. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, you know, I think my biggest fear if the Penguins do play the Rangers is that they're going to outplay them, kind of like how they did the Islanders up on Long Island last year. But it was just the Ilya Sorokin show as he just stole the series and Tristan Jari obviously um, barfed all over himself. But um, this time, I just don't want history to repeat itself there. I think Tristan Jari is obviously a different goaltender um, at this point. Um, I just don't need Igor Shesterkin to come out here and go full 970, 980, like Tuka Rast did to the Penguins like in 2013, where Penguins actually, they played with Boston, but, you know, it was just a godly series from Rask, and, you know, they went on to the final and stuff like that. So I've seen that movie too many times before. I don't like it. Um, so that's, I think, my one big fear of playing them in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, you know, obviously, again, for the Penguins uh, on, on this game, you know, they just got to, you know, come out a lot better than they did against Buffalo. The vibe check was not there. To say the least, um, obviously, I know they're coming. They were coming off a, a win the night before, and it's hard to get up for a late March game against a team that's not in the playoffs. They probably would have played a bit better if that was, you know, maybe I don't even know, maybe the Islanders um, because they're in, they're in tenth place right now, and not the Sabers who are um, a bit below them. Um, but you know, penalty killing wise, um, five on five power play has to um, produce, and obviously they got to get as many pucks as they can um, on Chesterkin. You know, they got to play well in front of the net too. You know that. Goes for every defenseman. You know, I thought John Marino had a little bit of a rough game um, on Wednesday after having a few really good games um, in a row. So I'm not going to ask for your prediction, Rachel. I'm sure you think it's probably going to be a close game. I do too. Um, but what I am going to ask for you because, you know, this is your first time guest on this show. Um, plug where people can follow you on social media and where they can find your work. Sure. So it's the Twitter handle is at Rachel NHL, uh, super easy. And then I write for the Hockey Writers, which their website is just thehockeywriters.com. So I have everything linked to my Twitter. It's all pretty easy to find. Um, so that's that's it. Yeah, she does great work there, and she produces always good content on her social media. So definitely give her a follow for all things Rangers. It's going to be a great game. I, I can't wait to see how both teams come out. 
Um, and if the Penguins can win, they'll be five points up, even though the Rangers have a game in hand, which would be uh, massive. Then obviously for the Rangers, if they win in regulation, um, they'll be one point back with a game in hand. And if they win that game in hand, they'll be one point up um, on the Penguins. So that'll do it for this one. I hope you all have a great rest of your Thursday. And I'll be back on Friday with a full game recap episode for Penguins Rangers. I will talk to you all then.